Hello and welcome to Cinema One Podcast. My name is Jack Connell and today I'm joined with Christian Rudd and Mark Woodridge. Hello. Yes, you got my last name right. Good job. Yes. I'm coming back, boys and girls. It's back on. Hello. The Cinema One Podcast is back. This will be like part two of the previous one. Hopefully we get the first one out first. Uh, yes, my, my name is Mark Woodridge and I'm here with Christian Rudd. Hi. People need to know your voice. Hi, my name's Christian Rudd. And Jack Connell. Ciao, bello. So uh, we're back with this one and Locked you might be wondering there. why we're doing this. <laughs> Christopher Nolan. Where do we, where do we begin? The man, the myth, the legend. Sir, Christopher, Christopher Nolan. Nolan. He should be knighted. He re- no, why is uh, it he We not think he knighted? has, but secretly. Yeah. Oh, so surely. Humble. Surely there's a is theory about that. How, do you reckon? For sure. Surely. He must be. Well, he's, he's, he's British, isn't he? Yeah. Or like oh, he's English, isn't he? Um, let's just give people context. I know some people who aren't filmmakers listen to my podcast. Christopher Nolan is a writer and director. He has made films like, uh, his first film was following. If I can do an all in order, it was following his first film. Then we got, I believe Memento and then Insomnia. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Memento and Insomnia. Right after that was The Prestige. That gave, no, it was Batman Begins. Yeah. Then that gave him funding for The Prestige, which then made The Dark Knight. Right after that was 28, uh, no, uh, then Inception. No, sorry, then his Inception, big one, Inception, yeah. which then after that was The Dark Knight Rises. Rises? Dark Knight Rises and then Interstellar. Another big one, then a big gap and then Dunkirk. Dunkirk. And yeah. now. And now we have a big one coming out next year in 2020, July. Tenant, and we are so excited for that. Way too excited. It's probably worth saying that we are. Oh, damn, it didn't work. (laughs) And you guys might be wondering what the hell that was. I have the brand new. I have the brand new Rodecaster Pro and on here I have eight different uh, effects I can use. And for those of you that missed that, that was the uh, Rodecaster Pro. Yes, the Rodecaster Pro. Hey, if Rode wants to sponsor this podcast, you know, they can. That would be great. Yeah, yeah, Rode, Rode, please sponsor the Rode podcast. Rode makes the best audio equipment ever. Rode. Rode make Rode. the best audio equipment in just filmmaking and everything just, general. Just I think and they're Australian. And everything they're Australian. we're using right now, besides the headphones, which you can't see because it's not Rode, but everything else is Rode. Yeah. Yeah, Even exactly. the wine is Rode. In the Rode, wine is Rode. Even that, even that beer can there is Rode as well. Uh, yeah. It's clearly not, but. Anyway, boy, Shut up, I'm Christian. Sorry, we have All to right, bring, this back. <laughs> bring it back on topic. All right, bring it back to Christopher Nolan. Christopher Nolan. Um, where do, I don't know where to begin. Uh, so we've seen most of his films. I know you and Jack and I have seen all these films except for Following and, and Insomnia. You haven't seen Insomnia, yeah. and you haven't seen the Dark Knight trilogy. Yeah, I know it's a it's a my secret. I before you hit that dislike button. Yeah, before you hit that dislike button. He has not seen. Done Sorry guys. Yeah, we don't worry. We we've roasted them enough I, about it. I might be watching it tonight. We'll probably watching yeah, uh, the Dark Knight tonight or something. Yeah. Um, I don't know where to begin. Uh, what's your favorite Christopher Nolan film? I Ooh. really like Inception. Yeah, same. I think that's like the the generic answer. It's like, oh yeah, Inception. That's a, that's a good movie. Yeah. However, I do really like Memento just because it's mm. it's so interesting and so different from what iconic it is. It's iconic. Very yeah. iconic. It's it's a very trippy film. I guess is kind of the word. Like it's very hard to follow, but once you, it's like it's got so much rewatch value, which mm. is always films fair. Really. Exactly, all yeah. these films have rewatch value. Yeah. Like I think Christian's right. Inception, I mean, is the one of the only Nolan films. Was one of the first films I bought on on Blu-ray, um, and that film got me through Year Twelve Media. So shout out Chris if you're ever watching <laughs> this for any reason. <laughs> thank you. Somehow thank Christopher you. Nolan's watching <laughs> the Cinema yeah. One podcast. I, I, um, that film, man, I studied that. I watched documentaries on it. It was, it was ridiculous. Yeah. But the prestige 
I mm, so good. Remember the prestige is really the prestige good yeah. for the first time and being like, holy shit. Uh, before anyone else Great. continues, there will be spoilers for Christopher Nolan's oh, films. Good, we yeah. will probably not spoil the Dark Knight trilogy because we might be watching it tonight and Chris, Chris hasn't seen it himself. Chris, Chris, Christian hasn't seen himself. Oh my God. In the end of thing, we will be talking about the Dark Knight Rises and specifically the character of, of Alfred, which I recently spoke about uh, multiple times at uni. And the character of Alfred lends itself to a very good conversation. Yeah. Again, Michael Caine, the legend. Yeah, he's, he's like... Like no one says, Michael Caine's is Michael Caine is his lucky charm. Like Every charm, film he's yeah. been in is fucking incredible, even the ones he's not in still. But and my lecturer very clearly pointed out, Alfred is the audience, or it is like our perspective in the mm. world of Batman in the Dark Knight trilogy. Not that like I, I, I actually arc. can't comment on that because I haven't seen it. Yeah, yeah. he starts but off as I'll like the oh, just great, just so good. Origin. So what what did you say? Your favorite film from Nolan? Well, I Inception. Inception, yeah. Yeah. I also love The Prestige. Okay. And I am a Dunkirk fan. Yeah, Dunkirk's incredible. I do really like Interstellar. Yeah, Interstellar's yeah, good. Yeah. If, if Oscar was here, uh, I would do agree a bit with Oscar. Like the story isn't yeah. that. Interstellar's one of his weakest films, but still incredible. The question is yeah. what has the best soundtrack? Yes. Because I think, Interstellar? I think yeah. Interstellar would get that, right? Yeah, I love the Dark Knight soundtrack yeah, by true. Hans Zimmer and James Newton Howard. I have heard that. Yeah, it's so good. Um, Interstellar. Great. The only thing with Interstellar is that if you look at the whole soundtrack on Spotify, there's like 40 songs, but only like five of them are really good ones, I would yeah. say. Inception has a fucking great kind of, you got it time, does. you've got uh, Dream Within Dreams, Mubasa. you've got um, Mubasa, Mubasa as well, I kind think. Of yeah, but here's the thing, right? Like they're great, but they're not, they're like Hans, that, that's um, Hans Nolan's work, yeah. composers. Yeah. yeah. If you're looking at just Nolan, <clears throat> what was the first Nolan film? You, if you think hard, what was the first film that you saw of his? And then what was the first film that went, ah, that man's a genius. That's a good point. Uh, for me, it was Inception. I watched Inception. My mate, Jordan, we, we walk home all the time from, uh, shout to Jordan. We walk home from uh, school all the time before my license. And he was like, dude, have you seen Inception? I was like, no, I haven't. And he just like, like, it's like dreams within dreams. It's so trippy and so cool. And I was like, okay, I'll give it a shot. You watched that before Batman? Uh, no, I had seen, I had seen Batman already. Okay, so Batman yeah. was the first Nolan film you saw? Actually, I think it was, but I, I wasn't into filmmaking then. Yeah, but then Inception was the first one that made you go. Yeah, so I saw Inception and I was like, this is filmmaking. Like, this yeah, is filmmaking. That's what turned me into this filmmaking person. And then like year sure. 10 is when I started to get into it. And yeah, that's why I love Inception so much. Not only is it a great film, it's also the film that turned me into this filmmaker. I think that's why I love it so much. Um, but yeah, I'd watched I'd watched a Dark Knight. Uh, I think it was probably just Dark Knight. I oh no, I, like, I, like most I have no idea now. <laughs> most people, except for Mister Rudd of my right, um, like watched the Dark Knight trilogy and mm. then watched another film that was like. This is Christopher Nolan. Yeah. Like for me, I subconsciously had watched the Dark Knight trilogy. And then I think, oh, either The Prestige or Inception, either one of those two, mm. I cannot remember what order. Yeah. But that was when it was like, that was an awakening. That was the Christopher Nolan awakening um, yeah. for me. But it'd be really interesting for Mr. Rudd over here because you subconsciously didn't watch the Dark Knight like <laughs> yeah. most children in that so generation. I wasn't a huge Batman fan as a kid. So right. it's yeah. But um it's, it's I fine. watched the first film I ever watched 
of Nolan's was Inception. I knew it was Christopher Nolan because I was like, oh, who directed that? That was awesome. Yeah. And it was Christopher Nolan. And then in media, we studied um, Christopher Nolan again. And watched, okay. We watched, as for art films, right, in year 12. And we watched Memento. And I saw the things come. I was like, oh, Christopher. Yeah. Christ, I, I, Christ, same with me as well. I was yeah. like, Memento was the awakening. But as the credits go in, I was like, Christopher Nolan directed this. Christopher Nolan. Oh, he directed he did this. <laughs> Wait a minute. This is <laughs> Christopher Nolan stuff? Like, really? Like, yeah. It's completely different, but it's... What I did, like I, yeah, I saw Inception, I seen the Dark Knight trilogy, I seen a f- like spot splotches of his films, and then Dunkirk was announced, and I was like, okay, yeah. I'm doing a marathon, oh, and really? I didn't know you guys know, I didn't know you guys then, but on my on my Snapchat, I was doing a Christian Nolan marathon every day, was every week, like every second or third day, I would watch every f- one of Nolan's film except for following in order. I'll do Memento, then Insomnia, and then um, Batman Begins. I'll, I'll go yeah. along like that kind of thing. And I, on my Insta- on my Snapchat, I would just keep myself updated and keep everyone updated what I was doing. And yeah, I would finish off with Interstellar, and then the next day I'd watch Dunkirk with Dad, kind of thing. Yeah, nice. And yeah, awesome. that's how I got through it all, kind of thing. That's why I love Christopher Nolan because I just seen all his films back to back to back, and it was nuts, but so worth it. Oh, it's, it's unreal, and he is just. An absolute machine. Like people are saying he's probably the, the biggest director in Hollywood right mm. now. And well, Tenet is the most is the highest budgeted film, original film, isn't highest it? Highest independently financed. That's film. it. Yeah. So okay, this, this is a great breakdown because no one knows what that means. No. But personally, what I think it is is for those of you who don't know, is that Christopher Nolan took a supposedly took a decreased director's wage mm. for the production of Dunkirk, which I think was budgeted at ninety or one hundred million dollars. Yeah. And he, he he struck up an arrangement with Warner Brothers to get twenty percent of the box office earnings of Dunkirk, as like as you do if you're quite a large yeah. director releasing a mainstream movie, mainstream movie, quote quotations to those who aren't watching. Um, and and obviously Dunkirk made like five hundred and seventy, five hundred fifty million dollars. Therefore, twenty percent of that is one hundred twenty million dollars. So I, I remember this specifically because I remember in media I was googling his net worth, which was. $50 million before the release of Dunkirk. And because I'd write about it in my essays in yeah. year 12. Again, shout out Chris Nolan. Thank you for getting me through year 12. <laughs> um, and then all of a sudden one day I hit refresh and it goes from 50 to 120, $130 million. Oh, I'm like, wow, that's ridiculous. Yeah. That's all that. That's that the deal we had with, with Warner Brothers. So the rumor is that Tenet is 225. It's not so, like yeah. 250 and it's come down to like 225. Yeah. As the, and then in, as, as Mark $225 said. $225 million, by the yeah. way. As a, and, and, and as Mark said, Which independently insane. financed. That's yeah. insane. So what- And The Dark Knight right? Rises is his most at only 260 mil. Yeah. So Dark Knight is more. But Dark Knight Rises is an independent film. It's yeah. based off a comic. Yeah. So therefore it has that like, it has that um, calling card of like, it's a tempo piece. Like you have Batman, Batman's yeah, yeah, you're going to bring yeah. in a crowd. And it's the end of a, uh, it's a conclusion of a trilogy, yeah. which the previous film just made a billion dollars and was, a, was nominated for X amount of Oscars. Yeah. Therefore you got, you're going to have people backing out it to see yeah. this one. So what we thought, what, what I, what I believe is that with Tenet, that $120 million payout he got via the box office, mm. realistically, 20 million of that you could easily live on, live off for the rest of your life. Like Nolan mortgage gone. Yeah. New house done. That's like that Family life done you kind of for the rest of your life. Yeah. That leaves you $100 million to do whatever the hell you want with that film. Yeah. Now, but, yeah. Coming off Dunkirk, Nolan 
what's you going to do next? To save the studio money, he can go, I, can I get like $150, $125 million, the average blockbuster wage for a, um, a, like a blockbuster film? Mm. Then he adds his $100 million, which isn't included in his like living expense. That brings you to the $225 million. That opens the world to so much possibility. Yeah. Like Inception was like 150. Yeah. Like 140, $150 million budget. Really? Yeah. This wow. next film is almost $100 million more. Mm. Is it, it's insane. Like, yeah. just, I remember I was watching a video at uni and they were like, is Warner Brothers spending too much money on Tenet? I'm like, yeah, yeah I saw that. Idiot. There's it's no Chris way. Nolan. Everyone has there's no faith way. in Chris. I mean, yeah, Warner Brothers yeah, will do Nolan it. But trust. there's no yeah. way Nolan, sorry, no, there's no way Warner Brothers is going to be funding the entire thing. The reason people are saying it's the highest independent film Guarantee you he puts some of that Dunkirk profit into the film. Yeah. Yeah. Like straight up. It's insane. And I, I don't know where to start. Like, ah, uh, he's a God. No one's yeah. just, he's just insane. And I know like doing research on him, he's, he studied a lot of English and literature. Yeah. Really good yeah. at fucking English. So that's yeah. why he can write screenplays. So yeah. he knows what he's doing. Like mythology. Yeah. Like, mythology. You know, stuff. Thing, which is interesting. Yeah. Um, look, it's just, the guy's incredible. The guy's unstoppable. And I want to, I want to get some backstory of just tenant. Cause we know interstellar took, okay. took like, uh, six, eight years to write the screenplay. We know that. And some other yeah. films as well. Tenant. How long has this been for? I don't know, but we can, we can assume probably more than five years though. Probably. Yeah. Ooh. But we, that we have no idea what it's about either. Yeah, that's true. Mm. Which is good. Which is, which we're happy about. Like, yeah. I know you would like, you're interested to see more about it. Chris and I, we're, we definitely don't want to yeah, see it's any gonna more. It's going to have some sort of time manipulation for sure. Yeah, like everything yeah, about yeah, Nolan's films is Nolan's. about time. Yeah. Uh, even the Dark Knight films, the Dark Knight Rises when Batman has to catch these thugs won't say much more. But from, uh, they have to, he has to catch these thugs before this timer goes to 100%. Yeah. yeah and yeah. from 60, from 60%, it says eight minutes remaining. From that point to when Batman catches them, it's pretty much exactly eight minutes. And uh, the yeah, Nolan okay. and Lee edited, and editor Lee Smith pretty much paced the film exactly how it was it was put into perspective and physics. It's like time and um, like physics and, and yeah, space, exactly. I guess kind of like like space is in physical space though. Physical like, space, yeah. yeah, which is nuts. I'm just looking at IMDb, IMDb now. Nolan, uh, give me a second. Where's the budget? Budget, uh, trivia, goofs, yada, yada, yada. You just Google budget, uh, budget for whatever Nolan film, it will bring it up. Yeah. Standardly. What, for Tenant? Dunkirk. Dunkirk was $100 million. Okay, 100. 100 mil. And then uh, I think you got Tenant. That's, yeah. cr that's a tenant. crazy big budget. Yeah. The reports are saying, yeah, 225. And then estimated for Tenant, according to IMDb, just scrolling down too far. We have wherever it is. Can you, can you tell me? Are you going to tell me? Or do I have to look it up? Please, nah, I don't want to be confirmed. It's just rumor. Maybe. God damn it. Oh, well. Um, but yeah, I look at the cast here. Elizabeth Debicki, Robert Patterson, Aaron Taylor Johnson as well. Yeah. I've completely forgot Michael about that. Kane, David, uh, John David Washington yeah, too. plays the lead. Uh, yeah. Um, oh, Hamish Patel's in it too. Yeah, that was the recent cast. Like, the, three days ago, they announced Hamish Patel from it, really? yesterday. Have they said what camera they're using or like what? Uh, I haven't looked at here. I oh, probably won't say much. a combination of 65 and, and IMAX. I will be yeah. IMAX, yeah. 
Uh, Nolan loves his IMAX. Um, well, he's like the pioneer of the IMAX camera. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, he's a, <laughs> the one keeping it alive. Yeah, the <laughs> one who started it. And the one, who, yeah. Uh, yeah, two hundred twenty-five million yeah. USD uh, wow. tenant, uh, which is insane. That is insane. Oh, here we go. The whole budget. So, Interstellar one hundred sixty-five million. Yeah. Memento nine million. Wow. Inception one hundred sixty mil. Uh, Insomnia forty-six million. Yeah. Prestige forty million. Yep. Yeah. Following six thousand dollars. Really, six thousand yeah. USD. Wow. Finance. Yeah. Uh, so that's it's only that's only uh, just double you guys from uh, yeah. Powerless yeah. actually. That's crazy. You did you did three thousand. Nolan did following in six thousand. Uh, the Dark Knight as well. We should sorry. He shot on weekends. Yeah, he only shot, shot on weekends. Yeah, that's insane. Yeah. Uh, Dark Knight, one hundred eighty-five mil. That's big. And uh, that's what I've already. I can only see at the moment, but God, it's insane. Um. I don't want to speculate too much about tenant because yeah. I know like we don't want to say too much and then get stuff right or wrong. Um, yeah, so. We talked about our favorite films. Do we have? Uh, we haven't seen all these films, so I can't say any least best. Um, we've also talked about uh, the scores as well. He works with Hans Zimmer a lot. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Like, what else there to say about? Yeah. Nolan? Like, keep keep going, Jack. Uh, we'll find something. I guess like the amount of like effort he puts into going above and beyond. Mm. Especially with IMAX, because it's, it's it's inconvenient at best to shoot on IMAX, but it, yeah. it looks amazing. Exactly. Well, you, I know with film you can't really look over the footage. It's not like digital where you can just play back stuff. I have film you can't really do that, so you got to get the shot and hopefully you get it. Which I learnt from uh, Corridor Digital mm. when they did the reaction. Yeah. They they go um, Startman reacts to films, and it was a Dark Knight Rises scene when Batman and Batman and Catwoman uh, are beating up thugs. And some of the thugs in the on, background on the rooftop. On the rooftop yeah. Some of the thugs were actually like throwing themselves back because they messed up their motion or something. And the guy said that because no one shoots on film, you can't actually look over what you've done you and you they can't play back. You can't play back. So they have to hope that they cut the fucking shot and yeah. then just yeah, move yeah. on. And that's crazy. I mean, that's the it's one like I only didn't notice it till I saw that, of course, but like this it has a good point as well. There's some flaws when it comes to films and IMAX, but there can be some real benefits. So I was watching the the resolution, the physical resolution difference between the camera they use for Star Wars, which was, I think it's roughly, it's a bit smaller than micro four thirds, which is pretty okay. small. Yeah. And IMAX is 70 millimeter. Yeah. That's crazy. The difference between those films. I, I, I never saw Dunkirk in cinemas on IMAX, mm. but like from what I've seen, it, it, it just has that really nice look. Like, I don't know the, yeah. the actual resolution of, because the resolution of film, like, yeah, and like, um, Hoyt Van Hortimer, the yeah. DOP, yeah, is back. Is back again. Yeah, yeah. which his, is awesome. New power. He's back with a uh, for tenant as well. Because I'm pretty yeah. sure he likes film. Yeah. Like, okay. Okay. Let, let's talk about let's talk about Hoyt. Yeah. For a second. Uh, Hoyt Van um, Hortimer, by the way, for the audience, he is a director of photography who is also known as cinematographer. They work the camera for the film. They have the and creative look of the, the film. creative look of the film, yeah. and he has worked with Nolan for I think it was Interstellar Dunkirk. and Dunkirk. And so far, he's also working now with Nolan for uh, in, in Tenet. And before that, he had Wally Pfister. And he had Wally Pfister as well, yeah. Departed Nolan's films to do his own spin-off film. Yeah. Uh, or his own film, which when reviewed, <laughs> everyone compared it to Nolan. And so- Oh, shit, really? Rooney. I had no idea. Before we before we go into Hoyt, mm. can you guys remind- I'm going to forget. I already forgot. And I'm just lucky I just remembered it. Mm. Can we talk about Nolan's James Bond film- with That's Harry Styles. Right. We'll come back to that. That's right. Yeah, no, I remember it still was mentioned. I didn't know Harry Styles, but I do remember... At least it was the editor. The editor announced it. 
Lee Smith. Wait, is that, yeah. actually, is that confirmed or is no, that not confirmed? Not okay. confirmed. But we'll okay. talk about that afterwards. Yeah. yeah. So Hoyt, uh, Hoyt is a DOP with Hoyt. Chris Nolan, Christopher Nolan. Sorry. What's with them? He has a beautiful beard. Right. Just saying. He's, he's a, he's he a beautiful guy. He's Maybe. a beautiful okay. man. So Dunkirk, he re-revolutionized the IMAX camera. Mm. Like there's, there's like they shot obviously mostly, or they shot everywhere for that, like sound stages, water tanks, on location in the the street. Um, but there's there's like photos and videos if you watch the uh, behind the scenes and the Blu-ray of Dunkirk yeah. of them all on the boat when Nolan's like look we went skeleton crew essentially we took like seven crew max onto the boat everyone else was on like, like a safety boat he Hoyt there's two sound guys and like just gaffer went onto the boat yeah the main just one just them he just handheld he puts the IMAX camera on a shoulder rig and like and IMAX cameras weigh a lot. They're yeah, they're huge. Light. They're huge. Thirty five percent, forty percent. That's film. yeah, yeah. Shortly He's holding it. The IMAX camera. I was like, the f- what? <laughs> what the hell? This thing's massive, and he's just shoulder rigging it. And you like, what just, the hell? Just consider the IMAX camera, right? It's seventy millimeter by whatever. I can't remember, but how big seventy millimeter is, and that's yeah, one huge. frame. Think about how many. How like to get an huge. actual? Like, that's crazy. It's so interesting. It's insane. It's, yeah. And then, and then the stuff where they, they put it in the plans and on the plans, like obviously, yeah, yeah. that stuff all that that looks great because you don't we don't normally get to see that. But it's this is uh, it's not Nolan, but has done some research. Yeah, anyone watched the trailer for Top Gun Two? Yes, there's like yeah, three yeah, yeah. shots in that film, four, but the three shots where they've mounted the camera onto the the fighter jet. Yeah, that's when Tom Cruise is on it. That's like inspired. There from- is they are stunning. Yeah. And it just reminds a little bit of Dunkirk, but it's yeah. the whole practical camera usage in intense action that is, I think, I'm so glad it's still going because yeah. that's like that's why we want to make that's, films. That's like also like mm. also that the I guess technically no one doesn't use VFX. Or he, yeah, he does, but yeah. he doesn't. He only uses it to enhance, not yeah, to actually exactly. make similar stuff to David Fincher as yeah. well. Yeah. Um. The cool thing about that though is that like for the VFX for. Um, Interstellar. They actually made their own algorithms. I, I think I learned this from Corridor Digital. They made their own algorithms and stuff to actually make the black hole. They yeah, use actual mathematics. Like it, that's crazy. Yeah, it was like if we go back to um, Inception real quick, and this yeah. is what I learned when I did all the study for Year Twelve Media. Excuse me. The extent <laughs> that they went to with the practical effects, like there was set. There's seven examples or so. Like starting with, let's start with when. He's talking to Ellen Page's character. Yeah, in in Paris, mm. and they're in that yeah, show. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's slightly after that, and he's like, "All right, in a dream, like you don't. The idea is that the, the dreamer isn't aware of what's going on, but how how did you get here? And it's that realization for the audience and for her that they're in a dream, and then everyone starts to look at them, and he's like, "Yeah, the world around you will combust, mm. and then all the slow uh, the explosion, yeah, explosion, yeah, and like how they shot that." Just in itself, that, like that air cannon shooting, yeah, and, and enhanced yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And, and Norman's like, I want my actors there, so they, they put, they actually got um DiCaprio and Ellen Page on set as they fire out these things yeah. around them. Yeah, and, and that that film, there's VFX in that shot, isn't there? Yeah, yeah, there are, yeah. But that it's it, it aged like really well. It has it, yeah. It, considering what 2010 or just like sandwiching the whole world as well. It's so cool. Like, um, I was just doing some research on the IMAX camera. Yeah. Um, fully loaded IMAX camera. Let's say if you've stocked it completely up yeah. with the, the whole reel of yeah. film, weighs 600 pounds. What? Which is Hang roughly 
272 kilograms. Are you serious? And it says here it needs a forklift to, to move it. How do you shoulder it? So, but then if you look at just the just the average weight, it's 113 kilograms. So that guy's a Viking. He's pretty a, much. He, so he, Hoyt Van Hoytema is a Viking. I mean, he's a big dude. So he, he's a big guy. Look up Hoyt Van Hoytema, uh, director of photography. So you said 130 kilos? 113 look, kilograms. 113 kilos. He's clearly that's, holding the IMAX camera. So that's the top over him. That's 10 ish. 10 kilograms. Is that, is that right? My math is off. I don't know. Steve's math. I don't know. That's damn heavy. How, is, that, very is that 10, 10 kilograms yes, yeah, weight? Is, yeah, yeah, just over. That's insane. Yeah. I would never be that strong. No. I'm not even going to bother. <laughs> the thing is like, it's just like how much does the IMAX weigh? The IMAX like 3D camera weighs 113. 3D. 3D. Like the the seventy mil, I can't see any weight. Well, that's but the one that they use for Dunkirk. They had seventy, you, and then yeah. they intercut that with the sixty five mil. Even that's like. But then, like fully loaded seventy mil is two hundred seventy kilograms. That's I don't know how you how do that. You you're not put putting that on a, a tripod. You're not putting that on a gimbal. No. Not even steady cam either. Yeah. Then again, hey, say that he never does gimbals. No, that, no, yeah. he doesn't, does he? Yeah. Oh yeah. I've never been a huge fan of the look of gimbals anyway. No, it's just too way. Just yeah, too it feels, smooth. It feels too it's smooth. Fair. Yeah, it feels it's just off. Yeah, it does. I like like I prefer sliders or I mean the just gimbal, gimbals are super stuff. convenient. They're super. Oh convenient. yeah, definitely for they have a small look. stuff. You don't yeah. use it too much. You yeah. can use it at the right times. Yeah, um, horror films are really good. Yeah, horror, the horror genre is yeah. really good for gimbals. How do you get an IMAX camera in a helicopter though? Because they they, 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 they have done that. They did that for the Dark Knight. Well, and and Interstellar as well. Interstellar, yeah. They're also at the front. I think. Well, I mean, I know for um, Mission Impossible Fallout, they built their own helicopters. So yeah. the cockpit was really? enough. Yeah, so their cockpit, you could see, if you put the camera in the back behind Tom Cruise, the cam- the the uh, the cockpit was like mostly see-through, so you could see everything. That's right, yeah. And so could. they had to build their own, like, heli- not even a helicopter rig, but they had to build their own helicopter yeah. in order to get the shots they That's wanted. That's crazy. It's insane. Thank the you, the length that and you go Hoyt to. as well crafted his own lens as well for Dunkirk. Really? Yeah, so it really? could it could bounce... Because you couldn't put oh yeah inside, you, you the, yeah, yeah, inside yeah. the actual yeah. so you can see their faces you couldn't put this fuck off IMAX yeah, camera yeah, right next gonna, to them it had to bounce off a mirror I imagine, to then get inside I the camera inside the thing thirteen kilograms is gonna imbalance the plane exactly <laughs> that small thing as yeah. well and there's I mean there's this great photo where like like no one's like yeah I don't do I don't do visual effects and that they're on a, like a, the cl- a cliff in England and I've got Tom Hardy in this like micro fragment of a fighter That's jet right, yeah, on a yeah. rig and there's like the cameras in front of him and him just turning and no one's <laughs> turning the rig he doesn't even want to see the shot it's the same just, with Inter- I want to replicate it same with Interstellar when they have to move the spaceship and yeah. Nolan's legit just doing it himself yeah. like, this guy <laughs> is so practical I love him what's that Batman the last Batman film I can't the Dark Rises. Rises. Right. Rises yeah so the uh, scene in the plane at the very is it very stuff yeah, very, oh yeah, that's so right. cool. I've seen that the behind was, the scenes for that. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, they didn't just like shoot like f- fair feet off the ground or something, but then just no, no, they no, was no. legit. It's yeah, intercut like half of it shot in the air. Yeah, and then part of it is a mo- mo- one part of it is a model. Yeah, when the it. tail blows out, that's crazy. Yeah, and then they just I've awesome. seen that scene. Special I have seen that it. scene. It looks awesome. It's so, so cool. Well that's done. such a good scene. Yeah, that's um, crazy. Is like, <laughs> yeah, um, what if he's already here? Yeah, it's like. What do you know about Bane? Um, nobody cared who I was, so I put on the mask. Nobody cared who I was. Like, I need to <laughs> yeah, it's so good. Love Tom Hardy. You merely adapted with the duck. <laughs> I was born in it. Yeah, molded great. by it. 
Oh, that's so good. Awesome. But before we before we lose it, yeah, there was a um before anyone knew or before the general public knew about Tenet, the rumor was and Nolan's openly admitted it that he would love to do a James Bond. Yeah. So this mm-hmm. lent itself to some great discussions. What would Nolan's twist be on like a traditional James Bond film? And we've Inception I'm sure James I've Bond. About you. <laughs> yeah, but we thought the young Bond. Yeah. Like 24, 25, like the young Bond. The young Bond, and not the old. And then his editor came out who edited Dunkirk was like- Lee Smith, he is a, a Australian editor from Sydney actually. Oh really? He's a frequent, frequent he, he's collaborator as well. very frequent collaborator. Uh, he's Australian and won an Oscar for best editing for Dunkirk. He's my favorite editor. That, that's awesome. Mm. He, um, around this time, around the, this time, um, the press were, were sort of reporting on the- Harry Styles was going to be the next James Bond. Yeah. And that Nolan would be doing a, a James Bond film. So obviously fan of Harry Styles in general, fan of his performance in Dunkirk, a uh, worshipper of Sir Christopher Nolan. Oh yeah. I was like, this is brilliant. This is Nolan's twist. Mm. Like, can you imagine a young, a James, young Bond. James Bond played by Harry Styles, like, yeah. done by Christopher Nolan, all his like intricacies. Mm. And his editor came out and said, Harry Styles would play a great James Bond. Nothing is confirmed. Nolan is like, I'm sure it would be great, but it's not confirmed. And now Tenet is out. International spy espionage. This is Nolan's Bond, but it's not Bond. Yeah. And it's got something to do with time. Yeah. Again. It's going to be... I I know every film of Nolan's is about time. Insomnia, not so much. I know you haven't seen it. It's not much about time, but... You said it was it's really good, right? Really good. It's, yeah. it's highly underrated. Is the only film Nolan hasn't written. No, yeah, oh, really? not, he hasn't yeah. written either. That's yeah. why. Yeah. That's it's why no one really gives him much credit for it. Even though he's directed yeah. it, there's nothing else he's done, but it's still phenomenal. Yeah, it's not much about time, of course, and all that, but it's the perfect crime film yeah. that I would yeah. love to awesome. make. Yeah, and it's an awesome film and very, very. Uh, um, symbolic like Nolan or like all these mm. films kind of thing. Oh, they definitely. mean a lot there's, there's more to it when you watch it once than the second time than the third time I have an interesting point here um, so Nolan would be at least our generation it's kind of like our generation Steven Spielberg. Spielberg's yeah. Yeah. yeah because what the 80s, 70s 80s and I guess the 90s as well um, Steven Spielberg was like the the big director. Yeah. He, he Jaws was like, like Jeff's Jurassic Park. More E.T. The big, e. the big he, blockbuster director. He created, he created the blockbuster. The blockbuster. Yeah. 75. Jaws. Like yeah. $50 million. Yeah. I, th- I think Nolan's like the equivalent of that for our generation. And I think it'll but be, it'll five times 50 mil. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> kind of 225 yeah. mil. But yeah. inflation. <laughs> yeah. That's true. But like, yeah, I guess how much, how much stuff is um, Spielberg written? Like, did he do a lot I of writing? He's written he much. Did, like, he produces and directs ones. a lot. Yeah, the early ones, but um, nothing since. Because like since the since I the think. since like the nineties, this author kind of director writer yeah. like, has Tarantino. become a huge. Yeah, Tarantino, Tarantino, Nolan, Fincher. Uh, Fincher is a big yeah, one. Yes, yeah, yes, Fincher is nice. a big one. Um, I guess Sorkin author. in a way with his dialogue. Yeah, like even uh, yeah, auto author writers as well. Colin Brothers. Yeah, oh yeah, Colin Brothers. Yeah, that's a big one. Uh, so many authors. Uh, that's that's a big talk as well. Is Michael Bay an author director? I think Ooh, he is. I think I, he is. I, I think yeah, he is. I think uh, Michael Bay has at, a style. at first I said no, but now more I think about it, I go probably is. Michael probably is. Bay has a style. Okay. He does have a style. I can't really remember this, but did he direct 
Dora the Explorer? No, he didn't. No, he, 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 it was he announced did. that he was going to produce he it. Produced, okay. And then he just didn't. Yeah, and yeah, I yeah. think he was working on his own Transformers movie. Shame. It is a shame. shame. It I is a real love shame. Love the door. The <laughs> I mean, it's got good reviews right now. So yeah, yeah, that's insane. It's, yeah, it's, it's just a family film, I guess. So yeah. I'm not like, interested, but no, I one. respect that kind of thing. Nolan Dora the Explorer. Messes <laughs> oh, <nice. laughs> with time. I still go watch it. <laughs> Dora back in time. The, the backpack is infinite. No, I'd still go watch it. And you create a black hole when you go in. Oh yeah. I remember watching. This is this is a good little side note. I remember watching Interstellar. I remember re-watching Interstellar mm. with a group of friends one night and one of the people we were watching it um, was studying engineering and she, not a Nolan supporter, or as in like wasn't on board as much as we were, like not that into films. And it gets them one of Michael Caine's, there's a little bit of exposition yeah. explaining science-y. Yeah, you've like got to do that. That's, that's kind of with a lot of his films. Yeah, yeah and it's, it's exception. You have to. Yeah, you have oh, to. Oh, yeah. No, this is um, in, Interstellar, sorry. Yeah, but no, yeah. both those films. Oh, but like oh, most of his films, yeah, you, you have to explain yeah. stuff. Yeah, you're right. Um, and they're walking through. It's when they when the base is the space station and they mm. explain it because like this theory, this reason. She goes, I get that. I'm like, the fuck? What? She yeah. said, I, I get that principle. I'm studying engineering. I get that. And that was the first time I was like, yo. Sick. The reach on this film <laughs> is <laughs> awesome. I love that. Wow. Because yeah, in like, Interstellar, they actually got a real physicist. Yeah. Uh, Astrophysicist. Astro astro yeah, consultants. Yeah, like, yeah they, they put in, for the visual effects, they put in numbers, not visual effects, into that's the That's what I was talking about, yeah. To make the black hole. It's crazy. Yeah, it's yeah Christian was saying that, yeah. Yeah, like... And then, like the yeah, like, like like real life, the black hole would be so intense it would actually warp itself over. That's why you get this almost ninety degree black hole. Yeah, because of the gravity actually, is so intense. They actually studied. I, I believe they actually learned stuff from studying this film. Like the actual, like they yeah. didn't know yeah. some of this stuff until then. Yeah, they know some of the stuff, then they go put into books because yeah. of Interstellar. I, I was doing some research for a uni assignment again on Christopher Nolan, and um. We're, we're Christopher Nolan fans, if you can tell. <laughs> yeah, this whole podcast is dedicated to um, the man, the myth, the legend. I was still thinking the about God. the title. Should we call it We Not on Nolan? <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that is great. <laughs> or just, yeah, just His Majesty. Something, something simple, but he, <laughs> we not Sir on Christopher Nolan. Nolan. <laughs> Sir Christopher Nolan. The, the unknown knighthood. But um, yeah. I was Googling like practical effects. I was doing, it must have been like a... a sort of like my hypothesis was on, my thesis was on Nolan's practical effects and like mm. engagement relating that to practical effects. Yeah. And I was doing research for Interstellar or I was using Interstellar and yeah. I found papers that a university whose students had worked on the film had written about the calculations they had done yeah. to work out the black hole. I'm just like, that's crazy. What the hell? One day, boys. Like, one day, boys and girls, one day. That could that, be us. That will be us. There's like a, a gap be, be. between every generic film that's made. Like, well, not generic, but every like kind of mid-tier film that's made. And then like true art. And like no one takes it a step above art just because of how much time is put into it. And I'm not yeah. saying the other films. He's also very smart. He did a lot, lot of, of course, English right? literature yeah. during his uh, young life as well. Like, Nine it, years. It's just like made his first yeah. how, how the guy thinks, like just how he, he thinks and like- I just want to know how he makes a fucking idea. I Does he no sit there and go, okay, I'm gonna I would love this down. to have Does a he just get yeah. really high? <laughs> oh man. Probably. He probably smokes a bit of weed and goes- yeah, and tenant. <laughs> Back I with E no and T. Idea. For those of you who don't know, the E and the T are upside down and yeah. in reverse. For oh. some reason, we don't know because why. Is it the title is a melodrome. If Ooh. you spell tenant backwards, what does it spell? 
Oh my goodness. <laughs> Time. <laughs> Do you, for you, those of you who don't Mark, read you or write. You need to put the Hans Zimmer wah on the, on the <laughs> wah. Yeah. I've got so many things on this actually. And that would be installed in the Roadcaster Pro. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. There's so many things I've written down to put into the Roadcaster Pro. What I can do on this uh, program is actually, uh, we're going to divert from Chris Nolan right now. Yeah. Um, I can put uh, sound effects in here. For example, different uh, drum kicks. Yo, Spence. That's eerie. And now we shall talk about Chris Nolan, kind of thing, like a transition. If this conversation is really boring, I can just put in some chirps. <laughs> it's really funny. And all this stuff. So this is this is just the, uh, the uh, what's it called? The, the presets that are built into it. And yeah. then you can add your own into it. Eight times eight of these. I can't math right now, but uh, like, it, you put you can put eight of these in here and I can switch between them. So right now I've got like. <laughs> <laughs> if anyone's seen fam, uh, film right, this is Bammy Wham. And then my favorite. Okay. <laughs> that jazz. Nothing better. And then. That's a ten. Have you seen that? <laughs> that's a ten. <laughs> and that, that's all I have at the moment. But like fucking. There's so many That's sound so effects cool. I put into this. And for those of you that don't know, that came from the Roadcaster Pro. The, ro- the Roadcaster Pro. Roadcaster Shout Pro. Road. Yeah. Road, you are, you are great. Revolution, the podcast industry since 2019. Or exactly. 2018? When did it come out? 2018? I don't know when it came out. It's good. But this is just Not incredible. This thing is. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Anyway. Um, back to Nolan. Back to Nolan. Back to Nolan. I don't know. Um, who what was t- who about? wants to take this one? Someone hit us with a I want to talk about first. Dark Knight, but like. Okay, okay. Why not? No, bring Why it not? up. Bring it up. We'll bring it up. We can we can talk spoilers. Heath Ledger. Okay. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. 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 This, this is a good one. Uh, do you think it's tricky? Me and my mate said on, on another podcast that Walking Phoenix would be a really good origin Joker. Yeah. But like you, you, people go, he's not going to be good as Heath Ledger and all this stuff, kind of mm. thing. Everyone always yeah, says that, yeah. but it, it depends on where you put the actor in. The story, where you put the character in the story. Yeah, Walking Phoenix could be a really good origin Joker. Heath Ledger did a fantastic job of being a mysterious Joker. Okay, you also here's need the, the writing as well. And the That's writing as well. Huge, here's a huge thing. thing. There's no doubt Heath Ledger's performance in the Joker as the Joker is encapsulating. Yeah, but I think part of the, I'm not saying all of it or a little part, but part of the reason that his Joker is so iconic is because the way that that film is structured. Is, is that it is structured so well for a Batman film that the Joker is like embodies everything that like kind of goes against Batman in a way, but it just resembles... If you look at it thematically and structurally and what part the Joker plays as a catalyst mm. and what is what his motives and like what his sort of characterization dictates, it fits so perfectly into that story that like exactly. it is literally... It is so well constructed that people are going to respond positively positively to it anyway mm. and because he's given such a good performance double like yeah. acclaim yeah but there's you can't yeah i mean you can't t- you, you can't take away from his performance because his performance was great the actor comes in yeah he gave so much that role and made that role what it is but still the way the role was made and for what it does in the film from from like a David S. Goya standpoint yeah. and a Jonathan Nolan standpoint and a Chris Nolan standpoint, structurally it's beautiful. Yeah, exactly. There's yeah. no way to say it. it's just beautiful. Yeah, I still have I haven't seen it obviously. The, yeah, the thing is Christian. I know um, Oscar said to us Christian. Yeah. The other day he goes, 
like uh, Heath Ledger made the uh, did the Joker mm-hmm. did the did the Dark Knight that passed away. Yeah, would his role as the Joker still be as powerful if he didn't die? I think it oh, still for sure would. Think, it would be. Yeah, I think I think it would. It would be considered, yes, the best Joker performance and all the stuff, but I don't think it would get as much attention as it does now. No, totally. I, th- yeah. I think totally it would because right. he could still talk about it. True, good point. He yeah. could still talk about I, it. I think, I think what with his part with Heath Ledger's passing is it just makes it tragic. Yeah. Mm. Um, I think regardless, for like he peaked at not only acting but also his life. Yeah. And yeah. then died. Yeah. Yeah. Something. Like that so was like the start of something the, big. The next chapter. He could have been. Yeah. He could have done so much after that. You need to see the documentary. I'm Heath. Yeah, Ledger. I need to watch it's it. It's a really good documentary. Kind of like sums up know, a lot Heath of this. Ledger uh, trained in WA, where yeah. we are recording this podcast we, we right live in now. Western Australia. We're proud. He's yeah. definitely yeah. made an impact on everyone oh, here. Oh, totally. It's massive. He went to Whopper, didn't he? Yes, yeah, a Whopper. Yeah. yeah. Did you Did you go to the Hans Zimmer's live performance I here at all? No, I wanted to. I went to it, and it was it was incredible. It was so good. But um, you if you listen to his live performance, um. In uh, what's called, uh, I can't remember what the, the city was called, but the live performance on Spotify, yeah. and exactly everything he played there was he was his, is what he played at Perth, and he's going to be playing soon on the other side of Australia in Melbourne, Sydney, and Brisbane. Um, but midway through, get he does tickets, the guys. Sorry, get your tickets. Get your tickets, guys. If you're listening over east or girls. 2019. Uh, <laughs> if, uh, what did he say? He goes, he did the Dark Knight um, soundtrack. He started with Why So Serious and then uh, like a dog chasing cars and then um, the the intro to um, uh, what's called Dark Knight Rises and that Desha, Bassa, Bassa, Desha, Bassa, Bassa. It's so cool. So he did those three. Then right after that, does a little transition and then he gets into Aurora. And Aurora yeah, is yeah. the ending song of Dark Knight Rises. I was just trying to think yeah. of the name of that. I was going to listen to it. Yeah, it's called, it's called Rise, but it's originally called Aurora. Yeah. And he made, Hans Zimmer made Aurora after the uh, mass shooting in America uh, in a, uh, what's it called, the in cinema. a cinema uh, when um, oh, Dark Knight yeah. Rises is being played yeah. kind of thing. So then like the journalist rings him up going, hey, like this happened. What do you say about it? And Hans Zimmer's like, this is terrible. I can't believe this happens. And Hans Zimmer goes, I don't want to talk about it with voice. I want to talk about it through music. That, so I he uses so people. Respect for he has so much. He puts a choir together that night and creates Aurora, which is the exact same song that he uses for the Dark Knight Rises at the yeah. end, that same melody and tone. Um, and yeah, like what, what, as, he's, as, he's, as he's telling us this at the live performance, he talks about Heath Ledger. Kind of thing. Yeah. So he goes like he first he leads into it. He goes like, "I want you to work with Chris Nolan." Chris Nolan said to work with James Newton Howard. We did Batman Begins. It was great. And then he starts telling me about the Joker and how this mysterious character would be so great and everything. And then he goes, um, and then he goes, "Who's going to play it?" And Nolan goes, "Heath Ledger." And the moment he said that in Perth, everyone just erupted in applause. Oh, you know be, yeah, because it was in Perth, and he even said he goes, "A, a, a student and actor from Perth." Named Heath Ledger, and everyone erupted in yeah. pause. Wait, wait, wait. I'm sorry. I don't mean to take away. He, Christopher Nolan used the word Perth. Uh, he, no, I'm Hans Zimmer. Sorry. Like Hans Zimmer legit goes, an, an actor from Perth, uh, Heath Ledger kind yeah. of thing. He even mentioned Perth. And wow. just saying that alone would just erupted in applause. I got it on that's video. Cool. I can't find oh, it. You got it on video. Oh, that was Yeah, awesome. it was nuts. Are you careful? You're stepping on the cord Thank there. Um, but uh, like, 
for Han, it was more powerful because Hans Zimmer's done this tour around the world. Yeah. And he came to the place. He does his speech every time he does the concert. Yeah. And he came to the one place, Perth, where Heath Ledger is from. Yeah. That's oh, awesome. 1,000 times more powerful that must than have, anything. You, did you get like goosebumps? I got chills. Like, surely. Yeah. Although, like, that was chills. But then he finished his uh, live performance with uh, Interstellar. Yeah. He finished with Stay when it just like, yeah. erupts in this yeah. big encore, like, big eruption. Yeah. And he finishes, he bows, everyone bows down, they leave. And they're all like, yeah. No, nah, I can't finish with this. Like I'm with, I'm with my cousin Isaac. I'm like, you can't finish with this. And all he hears is, wow. Yeah. I was like, yo, Inception. Yeah. <laughs> and he started with um, uh, Dream is Collapsing. Yeah, yeah. He had, he had a guitarist on stage. Oh, he nice. was sick. And then he did Mombasa. So it was mm. just two drummers just that's, fucking let that's loose. That's my favorite track from Inception. And then mm-hmm. like, it gets quieter and quieter. And he just goes, dun. Dun. And I was like, oh, he finished with time. Yeah. And, it was, yeah. and it was so cool because he finished with time. Everyone's getting more erupted, is erupting, and it quiets down. And then every single light around the room gets, like, gets dimmer and dimmer. And it's just Hans Zimmer on himself on the yeah. piano and then does a little, um, the high pitch, uh, like squeal, and then it like, cuts out. Yeah. It does that and he holds his hand up and clicks and it cuts out. That's so cool. And then everyone erupts in applause. That's yeah. awesome. You can hear it live on Spotify. I can't remember what it's called. Um, but everything that he played there, he played in Perth and it was wow. the most unreal That's experience. That the thing was so that cool happened That happened in year 12. And if that happened yeah. a year later, you guys all could have came Damn and been a part of it. Oh, it. I mean, so cool. It's so cool. Yeah. And it's like, I mean, we spoke about it before off the podcast, but um, I, I was, I've got, I'm fortunate, fortunate enough to have the book, like the art and making of the Dark Knight trilogy, which is a great read for anyone out yeah. there who wants to read it. But just the words that Nolan writes about the story he tells in the foreword and the afterword about which spoiler alert is about Heath Ledger. I shed a tear. I cried the first time I read it. I was like, this is unreal for someone to have like such, such an impact on what they've done. Mm. It's awesome. Yeah. So cool. And just, yeah, Heath is a big part of it. Hans Zimmer, like everyone, a part of it is incredible. Now this is a little bit, it's off topic, but still on the, the non yeah. topic. The other day at uni, we were looking at like the anatomy of a scene and like what, mm-hmm. like, can we think of any great scenes? And I was like, I had a few and I put my hand up and I was like, any scene from the dark night, the dark night rises, like any of those scenes yeah. are great scenes. Yeah. And then in particular, my, my lecturer took that and we looked at the Alfred scenes. Cause I was like, in particular, there's a few standout Alfred scenes. The first one being from the Dark Knight, which is which will be unfortunately mm-hmm. a little bit of a spoiler for you. Yeah, go for it. Is about halfway through the movie, Bruce Wayne in their like they in their new underground Batcave. Um, he asks Alfred. He's like, "Look, dude. Like, essentially, look, dude. Like, this guy's crazy." And Alfred tells him the story That's about story. when, Such he, cool when story. Alfred was like a young adventurer. That's he's another like, thing with Nolan's films. Everything he ri- he writes, he he writes in a very monologue sort of thing like yeah, especially, Alfred, especially Alfred, Alfred tells a big monologue yeah, and then yeah. you realize oh this leads into something a symbolic yeah. Oh, yeah. oh yeah it's so and, cool and this one he's like Alfred's like a young kid in the for- like young kid but I assume it's like 20s 30s in the forest like on an expedition and there's this group of thugs who um take these sacred stones from like a camp in the like the Amazon or wherever they are and the idea is that like these people just like took these things and Alfred and his friends like had to try and find them. Mm-hmm. And towards the end of the film, 
when the Joker has really pushed Batman to the limits and like trying to ba- make Batman break his like rule of like of like not, not, not killing. killing. Um, he's like, how did you catch them? And Alfred's like, we burnt the whole forest down. Yeah. And he's like, some men just want to watch the world burn. Yeah. And that's like, it perfectly sums up with the Joker. The Joker's motivation is just, he just doesn't really Does, give a shit. Did that quote come from that movie? Some men want to just, just want to watch well, yeah, the that's what the, that's Oh, wow. The, and the, oh, yeah. the way Michael Caine says it just gives you chills. Think, yeah. Some, yeah, it's some awesome. men just want to watch the world burn. To, <laughs> we get to Rises. Yeah. It's the fact that he starts off when Bruce Wayne... um finally goes out there Alfred tells a story of um he's like when you in Batman Begins as a set the Batman Begins takes place over seven years and Bruce Wayne goes away for a number of those years and Alfred tells a story about when Bruce was away like missing for those for, the, for those years he's like every year I take a holiday to like France or Paris yeah. or, or, or wherever it is and he looks and he over goes, to the he, table yeah he's like I go to the same coffee shop at this, on like every day at the same, same table and I just hope that I'd look across and I'd see you with like a wife, maybe a few kids, just like, just there. Like I wouldn't say anything to you and you wouldn't say anything to me, but we, we just, just give each other a nod we're both okay. And at the end of the film, at the end of the, oh, at the end of the, the Dark Knight Rises, obviously Alfred leaves Batman. He's like, I can't watch you do this anymore. Um, and so he leaves and spoiler alert, the end of the Dark Knight Rises, Batman dies. Like you, or you think he dies. Quote unquote. And quote unquote dies. Um, and yeah, I thought that was like I was like, holy! What what happens is that the film ends with all the other characters who have been introduced and have existed within, within the world are now Can taking their conclusion. new place. Yeah, so like uh, Commissioner up. Gordon finishes off. Yeah, uh, you have Catwoman, Robin, Catwoman. Yeah, uh, and you have Alfred, and it ends with Alfred sitting down the at the music table. riser. He sits down at the same cafe. You have you heard Rises? Have you heard? Yeah, the, yeah, I know. You know the scene, like it's it's Aurora, the melody going, I and then at, at the very th- the last 20 seconds, it goes with the drums. Awesome. That moment, it starts, is when Alfred looks over at Bruce Wayne and goes, Yeah, so he looks across and he sees Bruce Wayne with Catwoman and he's just like, Bruce just gives him a nod and you think he's dead and just gives him a nod. And it cuts And it cuts and it ends. So you don't actually see him. Well, you see, you, do you see, see him, Bruce, but you, you think like he's dead. Occasionally. You think he's dead, and like, he actually survived, and he's actually dead. And, and then, it, and then oh, it ends with Lucius Fox, and he's like, yeah. "Oh, Mr. Fox, we have a we have a report." Um, he's like, "Can you check run diagnostics?" Because he flies out over the ocean with a yeah. nuclear bomb, okay. and the bomb goes off. And early in the film, Lucius is like, "Oh yeah, that the only thing about this this jet is that the autopilot doesn't work. It, do, it doesn't need my brain; it needs your brain." And he's like, "I don't have the time to fix it." And the end of the film, it's like we have a uh, we have like a, a like a note a, or something. No, we have yeah, we have like um, what do you call it when you get paid something? Uh, an invoice. invoice. There's an invoice here for uh, paid by a Mr. Bruce Wayne about an autopilot function. And so this idea that like he fixed the autopilot, he fixed function, the autopilot to get but out. And with the Alfred like looking over at him, but also the one thing that we I'm got really watch this film. was oh yeah, when when he dies. The speech that Alfred gives at his gravestone. Yo, he's like, don't I spoil the speech. I failed you, Mr. Wayne. He's like crying. Yo, I watched it like last year. I cried. Yes. Yeah, like so twice good. in that film. That's I pretty cried. cool as well because those gravestones have a completely different name on it. It's all uh, roted and uh, it's got a. Sp- uh, yeah, put their own like names. Bruce Wayne. Oh. Yeah. And yeah another I'll just be, I'll be back in a second. Yeah, another thing that always got me in, in The Dark Knight Rises is when. He's, when um when he when Batman's flying off with the bomb and, and um Commissioner Gordon is like I'm just like tell me who to thank like who do the people need to thank he's like you don't need to be like a hero or whatever yeah but sometimes it's as simple as like a man putting a coat around a small boy and it cuts yeah. the shot from Batman Begins yeah. I just got goosebumps like every time he's like Bruce Wayne yeah and he flies off I was it's like, so smart writing oh though you just God. don't go I am Bruce Wayne he goes 
It's as simple as putting a coat around a boy. And, goes, and, then, and then they flash back to it. Yeah. Like, Bruce Wayne? Yeah. And then so we spoke good. about Yeah, and then we spoke about how like our, our lecture and I we were talking about how Alfred is like the humanity, is the human of the story. Yeah. And it's just, oh man. Because Michael Caine says in the book, like it's like he had a career in acting. Mm. And then when his career was over, he did 10 years of work with Nolan and he produced his best work. Yeah, exactly. And I was just like, so real. Oh, I gotta love Nolan. But uh, what else? Like we can go through so many other. The films. thing is, with me for the Dark Knight person, Dark Knight Rises personally, it's how do I say it? It's like Batman. Batman Begins is great. Yeah. Batman Dark Knight Rises is perfect, and Dark Knight Rises is great still. It feels like a bit much though. It feels the film for me feels very bloated. It feels like there's a lot going on. Uh, it's still great, but not Nolan's best work, mainly because he's trying to wrap stuff up. Stuff okay, up. okay. Yeah, it's 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 hard to explain, but it feels like there's a lot going on, and it it doesn't benefit it. But because of the craft going on, it's still so yeah, great. Yeah. I mean, people are like, Dark Knight Rises is the weakest one. Personally, I mean, I, I'll have to rewatch them carefully. Yeah, I do. But I think it goes. I think it goes Dark Knight, Dark Knight Rises Begins. Yeah, then right, but the, the, like the vi- Obviously, the vision that Nolan gave for Batman Begins and like the whole way that they shot it and brought yeah. like the the um where they shot it in England, the studios, where how they like refurbished like, the old airplane hangars. Like it obviously, it gave so much life to the character. But then Nolan even explicitly states that like, the cinematography changed. Yeah. And then on, like Batman Begins is the last film to look like that type of, like you'll know it straight away that that sort of like orangey color yeah very filmic look you you, you go to dark knight rise and there's a turn there it's is like, yeah we spoke about this there's like another film as well it was yeah the winter soldier captain america the winter soldier mm. that is the first film that takes a twist into what the marvel universe becomes yeah like everything before that is is like a very is very visually coherent and then you get to the Winter Soldier and, and it, it breaks gets grounded it. in reality, but yeah. looks way more cinematic. That's yeah. what the Dark Knight was compared to the to Batman, to Batman Begins. Begins. Yeah, and it, that sums it up perfectly visually. And then wise. Dark Knight Rises took that same thing from the Dark Knight, Dark Knight, but yeah. just made it bigger. Yeah, I mean, like obviously the Dark Knight's like got better reviews and everything, but you no, know, you can't. Those films great. Yeah, exactly. Like uh, Batman Begins, it was an origin story, so it has its own structure. Yeah. Dark Knight. I just talked about very, the moments. Is, is, how, had you watched Chris Stuckman at all on YouTube? I don't think so, no. Uh, he's my favorite uh, film critic. He is yeah, he's okay, very okay. good. But what he says, he goes, um, Batman Begins is the origin story. So the same sort of structure, the origin story, yeah, yeah. yada, yada, yada. Dark Knight Rises. Uh, Dark Knight was a very psychological film when it yeah. comes to Joker oh, and Batman. Definitely, definitely. Yeah, and then Dark Knight yeah. Rises is a very physical film. Yeah, yeah. Because okay. you got banged, yeah. beating the well, fuck out of Batman. I mean, you can talk about like, uh, you can analyze it so many different ways, but I, I personally, recently, I've only just man, now on the podcast realized I really like talking about the great moments of those films. Yeah. Exactly. Like, rather than like comparing Your them and being, oh, moments. the Dark Knight's better. Like, I don't really care which one's mm. better. You got, you got the There's interrogation scene. Moments. You got the yeah. uh, the ice the ice fighting scene yeah, from, the first from the first one. That was one. actually one of the first things they shot. Yeah. They got, they got, they, they shot it they all flew, and then it broke yeah, the next day. They flew in and they were like, 
they were told by the locals that the, 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 they, they flew on on a Friday. Yes. So Sunday was meant to be like a travel recovery day and they were going to film Sunday. They go, guys, we don't think there's going to be an uh, uh, We think there's going to be a lake on Monday. Like there'll be no ice. Shit. And they're like, no, 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 no. And they're like, no, no, we're dead serious. So they went out on their like travel free day, um, Liam Neeson and um, Christian Bale, and they gunned it. They like gunned yeah. the filmmaking and that Nolan's running like, gunned it. oh, I've been guerrilla filmmaking my whole life. So the start of Batman Begins was quite natural because we yeah. went out and we just shot it like super quickly. Did they shoot it on IMAX? That mm, one, not I that don't time. Know. I don't no, think they did. Yeah. And IMAX, like he didn't start IMAX till Dark Knight. Okay. Right, Dark Knight, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, uh, but they, and then sure enough on Monday, they gotten everything done. On Monday, no lake. Already a few days ahead of schedule, I, I assume. Yeah. So went on with other things. Exactly. It's pretty insane. Yeah, for sure. How things work. Um, no, yeah, like the, the, a lot of Nolan's films are based on, when you think back to them, great scenes. Yeah. So you've yeah. got um, Memento is different because Memento is different because they're broken up. I think Prestige is one when there's great scenes. Yeah. Yeah, agree, very great scenes when, in that. When they go and watch I, the- I, uh, I still think the ending of Memento is a really good scene though. That's oh, a very good yeah, scene, yeah. Yeah, it, 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 right? yeah, it comes together. Yeah. It's, it's the middle of the film, quote unquote, yeah. Yeah. Well, um, I mean the actual ending, like the end, the-, the the ending, the ending, ending, ending. At the, yeah. the start. That's it's such the a start. Scene. Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> like you ask it's so many say. questions. It's so well. Yeah, I'm is. gonna give everyone part of the Cinema One uh, channel right now a little hint. What I'm trying to do for my next assignment, mm. I mentioned to you guys for my uh, my next assignment for TAFE is uh, I have to do a film essay, and I'm gonna do it on a great scene kind of thing. Yeah, like one great scene, and no one's done an essay on the docking scene from Interstellar. Really? Yeah, so you know, I looked like it up. I said like, scene I said like, interstellar docking scene essay. No one's done it. Really? Yeah. It's so good. And I'm like, I've got to do it. It's such a good scene. It's, it's so good. Will so it go on the cinema one? Sorry. Will it go up on the channel? It do, yeah, we'll, yeah. Yeah, guys, yeah. keep an eye out for that one. It'd be keep awesome. Keep an eye out. Yeah. Yeah. So the docking scene from uh, Interstellar is one of the best scenes. It gives me goosebumps. Oh, yeah. And if you listen to check out Hans Zimmer on Spotify and look up No Time for Caution, the Interstellar yeah. uh, track, it's one of the best tracks ever made. Oh, yeah. It's so good. That scene is just like 80, it gives me goosebumps. Eighty-five. No offense to any visual. Like I'm a visual guy, but that's, yeah. that film is that scene is eighty-five percent soundtrack. Seriously, it's so good, it's so powerful. Yeah. And what I'm doing now, I'm writing the script. The script for what I was going to do it right, right now. I was going to break it up into cinematography, editing, and then music. Yeah. So I did cinematography. The the biggest one. Right? Exactly. Yeah. So I did cinematography. Hoyt yeah. Van Hoytema did this, this, and this. Yeah. Editing. Lee Smith did this, this, yeah. and this. My favorite, the music, Hans yeah. Zimmer did this, this, and this. That's a good way. And the, I guess we, the direction as well. Are we able to get clarification? Hoyt definitely did Interstellar. He did, yeah. yeah okay, I know cool. he did, yeah. Um, double check that actually. Yeah, no, <laughs> I, I'm, I, I I'm sure he, he did. Right, it was his I'm first like, one he worked with and yeah, then he okay. did, 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 did Dunkirk. Yeah. No, yeah, because I remember from the Water Planet scene, like have, uh, seeing the behind the scenes with yeah, the, yeah. the shoulder rigged. Oh, yeah, okay, yeah, that's okay. it. Yeah. Um, Interstellar. Cinematographer. DOP. DOP. Yeah, Hoyt. Yep. Yeah, yeah, awesome, cool. awesome, cool. We do a clarification for those who can't see. Exactly. Check out uh, the Cinema One channel, and this will probably go up, should go up as well as a video. So the video podcast. Will this one be up before the podcast we did previously? I uh, shouldn't do because okay. we did mention this one after, we up, did, during yeah. it, kind of thing. I want to do it structurally. Yeah, yeah cool. Um, but I'll put them like a week apart. Mm. Yeah, so if not, we did another podcast. Yeah, we did a previous podcast. Now, we did it before this one, but if this one comes out before, 
We talked about their Zombie. film, Christian and Jack's film, Powerless, a short film they made last year that's going to get screened in December. And then this one is technically the sequel to the podcast, but hopefully this one goes out later. You're confusing yeah. me, man. It's like Memento. Yeah, it's like Memento. We've gone back <laughs> and forth. We definitely back. took some ambiguous endings that's and inspiration what, uh, just for me now. Powerless. It, it just clicks me now. Um, yeah, I need. I want to, really want Oscar here to talk about it, but we're, we're talking about making films in the future. Mm. You guys want to make films. I want to make a film. Oscar wants to make films. We all want to work together as films. Um, I went to a friend's house, uh, Breaking Banter's house, yeah. actually, for the documentary, doing a location scout. Mm. I met their mate, Jonathan. Uh, he's another. He's mainly a writer-director, he is, and he's learning a lot. Uh, his course at uni. And he was telling me an idea he had to create a collection of films. Mm. And I thought I would not steal the idea, but take that idea and apply it to ourselves. You guys listen to music, right? Of course. Yeah, of course. You know what an EP is? Oh, yeah, a, a yeah. small collection of films, yeah, like a, four, yeah. a small collection of music, th- two, uh, three, four or five mu- uh, songs. What does yeah, it yeah. stand for? It's like... Uh, I don't know what it stands for. I don't know. I don't know what it stands for. No, if I don't anyone know. knows what it stands for, please let us know. Please let us know in the comments. Let's give us a comment, yeah. Um, uh, he was like, he was going to create an EP of films. Extended preview, yeah, okay. I'm going to guess. I think so, yeah. But I was like, what if we did that as four of us? Yeah. We each direct a film that we want or write it, whatever. But like yeah. And make a collection of it. Series. Yeah, make a collection of an EP of films, short films, cool. no longer than 10 minutes maybe. So I guess kind of like Black Mirror in a way. I would like even Sort of, yeah. Kind of even yeah. It'd be even cooler if we could join them all together. Yeah, that'd yeah, be really yeah, cool. Definitely. Not like a sequel, but yes, like a sequel, but not like a sequel. The characters like overlay related. somehow. Yeah. 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 We have this one actor throughout the whole thing and maybe he just yeah, goes can, through a whole thing. We can, we can talk about this. I got some. Yeah, it's just, I, I just have the idea of like making an EP yeah, yeah. of an, an album of films. Yeah. Awesome. And each one of us direct one each. That'd be really cool. Thing, which Groovy. would be a really interesting idea that I had. Yeah, especially if they... Yeah. Thank you, Jonathan, if you're listening. That'd be really cool if you're this far through. Thank you very much. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> No, yeah, it's just a cool idea I had. I really want Oscar to be on here, but hopefully listen to this. Shout out to Oscar. Um, yeah, if, like anything else you want to talk about with Nolan? For Nolan? Christian, uh, surely there's a point of interest you want to talk about for Nolan. Just Memento in general and how trippy it is. It's so trippy. <laughs> so I haven't seen Following. Um, I should say that. What else is there? Prestige? Doodlebug. What's that? Isn't that late? Has anyone seen Doodlebug? No. Doodlebug. It's his short film that he did the year after, the year he graduated or year after he graduated. Same uh, actor as following. I have seen it, yeah. F- funny Is story, it, I watched yeah. it and then later that day they showed it to us at uni. I was huh. like, yeah, what oh, the wow. fuck? It's on YouTube. It's got a million views on YouTube. You can watch it there. Is it, what's it about again? Tell me. It's like a guy, it's a three minute film. Yeah. A guy in his apartment. It? Yeah. He's trying to catch a fly. Yeah. He catches the fly. And it ends up being a miniature version of himself. Yep. Oscar he's, showed me this. He yeah. squishes himself and then he get and then the guy that you're watching gets squished by a bigger version of him. Yeah, so oh, there's wow. this trippy thing. Yeah. yeah Oscar like, showed me this. Oscar was like he was doing some research and he goes, This is Christopher Nolan's film he made back in yeah. high school or something. Regardless like, of the one fuck? of their best shorts. It's so good. So weird, but so good. And it's yeah, what okay. Nolan does. Makes some like, weird shit. Yeah. Yeah. Green screen but on film. Yeah. But how do you green screen on film? That is that's not weird. Like he, you, put, you, you put you put the I think he must like scale it guys, down. Guys, look, we don't. You, we're not fortunate enough. We never got the opportunity to shoot on film. Yeah. I think what you do is you take the film, you put it back into the camera, 
and you shoot over what you already have. So like a double exposure kind of. Yeah, I think okay. I, th- I could be a hundred percent wrong. Okay, but I assume never shot on film in my life. Yeah, no, really? I never have either. It'd be pretty interesting, Sorry, but no, also I a have, bit painful have, as well. I have shot photography mm. stills. Mm. Those are really interesting as well. You got Hoyt Van, yeah. You got also got Hoyt Van Horch, my loves film, and Roger Deegan, who fucking loves digital. Kind yeah, of, there's a big clash between. I respect them. that. I, I think that'd be that's a really good conversation. Yeah. conversation to have the director's roundtable as well. I, I recently um went through a bunch of like Q and oh, okay, so a Q and A. I was watching Tarantino interviews for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, yeah. and a video comes up which was. Christopher Nolan interviews Quentin Tarantino, The Hateful Eight. It was put I've up seen by like that. I've seen that. BAFTA or it was put up by yeah. someone. Yeah, yeah. Or like yeah. the Directors Guild of America or something yeah, like that. Yeah, I've seen And I watched actually. it. And then I went, I'm like, okay, let's look at Dunkirk Q&As. Because that way it's not, not interviews, but it's like him talking to a film, so yeah. like to, to like big cinema goers. And so I found one when he went over to a festival and like, Nolan is super like collected in interviews. Like he's, yeah. it's like there's a media Nolan, which mm. is what everyone sees. Yeah, but there was this one. They were like, oh, oh, what if um people don't like your film's great? What if people don't understand your uh, your whole time jump narrative with like the three storylines intersecting? What intersecting? What would you do? He's like, well. Fuck them! Yeah. <laughs> like, no one ever that. heard him swear. He's like, wow. He's like, did he actually? Well, he said like he said, fuck it. And I just wow. I laughed. I was like, that's so good. Yeah. And then he he's gave, just cool, then, calm, collective guy. Yeah. And then he, he gave his immediate response. He's like, well, uh, the intersecting storylines allow a different perspective, so you can get to see every aspect of the war. But yeah. His initial response was, now what if an audience member struggles to comprehend it? He's like. Fuck it. Yeah. It's their fault. It, it, it's, it's their fault kind of thing yeah. for not understanding it. Like, it's funny because people like regular cinema goers said to me when it came out, oh, it's a bit confusing, but you'll get it eventually. And straight away I'm like, bruh, it's, it's, it's Nolan. Yeah. It's, it's great. It's cool. Yeah. He knows what he's doing. But like, I, I love his response. It was the first time like, oh, fuck it. Because <laughs> I, I had to do, I've watched like probably over uh, definitely hours of Nolan interviews, yeah. and then I got one where he like he breaks his like media persona. Yeah, I was like, have this you, is an insight. Have you seen the one with um, Edgar Wright and Nolan? No, what? Yeah, there's one on Edgar like Nolan interviews Edgar Wright. That's I think sick. I may have seen that. Yeah, on Baby know. Driver. I thought that was really interesting. That's I think awesome. So. Yeah, I don't know. I, I maybe I've seen. Out. I haven't seen the whole thing, but I think I've seen a part of it, made a thumbnail of it or something. But yeah, it's nuts. I love Edgar Wright as well. Ed. He just finished his film actually as well. Oh, which one? Last Wait. Night in Soho, I think it's called. Really? It's a horror. It's a horror film actually. Oh, really? Where Edgar Wright has made a horror film. You, Edgar Wright. Oh, I'm looking that up as well. Yeah, it's, it's he. He's got it on Instagram. He's got Techn- a whole technically, Instagram. Technically, Dead's a horror film. Well, yeah, technically, but comedy horror. I, this is just horror at the moment. There's no comedy aspect to it. Uh, but he just finished filming it, and he's took taking photos with his whole crew as well. Like saying they just awesome. wrapped up, mm. and he's got a whole Instagram account for last last night in the Soho. I think it's called uh, Anna Taylor Joyce is in it. The girl from Split and The Witch. She's yeah. a lot of horror films. She's she the young girl, the young one. Yeah, yeah, yeah the one that um, um who was like was like an intern on um Last House on Soho. Yeah, what was the what was um the latest film? Yeah, look at this. The three of them Unbreak No. Yeah, so that's what there. That, what was that film that came out earlier this year? Uh, End Night Shyamalan. Uh, oh, um, Glass. Glass. Oh, yeah. yeah, the young girl in Glass as well. 
Yeah, her. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and a Taylor like, Joyce, I think her name is. Apparently, name. she um she got to, like sit next to the director and like just soak it up. Like it was like film school for her. Yeah, like, oh, wow. she took on. She like took a behind the scenes role and was just like. And a Taylor yeah. Joy, that's it. This that'd year. be that'd be such. Yeah, a thing how good would that be as well? Yeah. Behind the yeah, scenes, her. Yeah, okay. yeah, 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 yeah. She's in this. But um, yeah, like that's pretty cool. Like just that, that's awesome. Like acting and then. Being with a director kind of thing. That's sick. Yeah, and Spielberg's um, West Side Story. Anyone seen the photos for that? Yeah. Photo the, really? Like the first, yeah. Oh, wow. Um, What's his name? I, I cannot believe I've forgotten his name. No, I haven't. Enzo Elgort. Oh, yeah. Lead. Yeah. Everyone else is a newcomer to the screen. They've done like Broadway and stuff like that. Yeah. Wow. Um, YouTube, stuff like that. But in that in that instance, you kind of want Broadway actors though, right? Yeah, yeah. It. Oh, that's going to be huge. That yeah. could be huge. I, again, we're talking about like 2020, 2021, 2022. Yeah. Next year, West Side Story. Big, Big films one. coming out next yeah. year. Oh, that's where another one, 2021, Indiana Jones 5. Wait, really? That's going to be yeah. really interesting. That's there's been, there's, there's that's big, that's big talk. There's, big, there's wow. been big talk about it. Like the, a, a female, then another one, but then Harrison Ford's back and all this stuff. But yeah, ha- Harrison man. Ford has said in interviews yeah, that he doesn't want anyone, anyone else to play, him. Yeah, yeah. play Indiana Jones after him. Yeah, I mean, which I mean, res- I respect that. Enough. He's a very stubborn guy. He's <laughs> oh, a stubborn guy, yeah. but he kind of he is Indian. Like he is Indiana Jones. I think yes, he, he yeah. prefers to play Indiana Jones over Han Solo. That's oh, definitely, yeah. Like yeah, I don't think he didn't like Han Solo. He wanted he wanted to die in Episode Two or Three, and then he didn't, and then he died in Episode Seven. And like, all right, <laughs> I'm, I'm finally done. That's why I said it wrong. Sorry, yeah. So good acting. I want to die in the first two films. Just get just kill my character off. I don't want him. Yeah. <laughs> Oh yeah, it's just it's interesting. But the yeah. Indiana Jones is some of my favorite. The Indiana Jones movies are some of my favorite. Yeah, movies. like they they're are, just they great. They're, sure. they're perfect for structure as well oh, and pacing. Yeah. Kind of thing. Yeah. When you when you put right. it into a story right. clock right. method, but minus uh, the fourth, the fourth, the fourth, fourth one. one yeah. yeah. Did Don't, you know? No one likes Chris, uh, King of the Crystal Skull. Raiders, Raiders of the Lost Ark has seven acts. It does really? Yeah, yeah. seven acts. Now, did you want to? No, save, no. Explain um, this to me. I want. I want to. Is well, like I mean, um, about the, the girl with the dragon tattoo, uh, David Finch's yeah. one. Uh, that has five acts. Yeah, because yeah. fi- like I'm reading this book at the moment, and it's like five acts is the is like the best way to, is like the best way to structure a story. Yeah. But like it gets condensed into three, and it can in some cases like like Raiders can be elaborated into seven. Yeah, okay. but five is like the best way. It's just an elongated narrative. Yeah, like if your film's like two hours, you're gonna go for like a five act. You're gonna opt for a five act structure. If you're independent, like ninety pages max, mm. you're gonna go three. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Like it just depends on how we're learning sort of most like mostly is three act structure from what we've learning at yeah. Tafe and Uni. Yeah, but that's yeah. In, that's like the way to. Explain it, right? Yeah, but easiest yeah. way, but then so of course you, you can have break the rules. Seven acts, because I've seen the film. <laughs> well, I mean, you can probably you can piece it together. It's like instead of beginning, middle, end, or act one, act two, act three, like different scenes when they're in the different spots. It's like five. Yeah. Oh, that's like seven. Sorry. Now, did you want to save this? We can go into other films for another podcast. I can do that later. Yeah, I'd rather stick to the like Nolan for this one. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, let's guess we're doing a third podcast now. <laughs> oh, well, this is great. This is great content. Love it. Um, now, yeah. Uh, anything else for Nolan while we're here? Uh, we talked about that. We'll probably maybe watch The Dark Knight tonight. Hopefully. I just want to say thank you to Sir Christopher Nolan. Thank you oh, to yeah. Sir Christopher that Nolan man. for Inspired inspiring Jack for getting through Year Twelve for me getting yeah. to films and Chris for, and Chris for just. Just existing a, just a cool dude just a cool dude he's just so cool chill dude, yeah oh, i'd love to work with him he would be nice to work with i think no one has like, the best way to describe it is he's just a visionary director who 
just really good. Yeah. I had a dream that I was like a runner on the wing. Yeah, it's just really, yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, thank you, Christopher. Make a film in Australia. That'd be awesome. That'd be sick. Get, get crew. Make an outback like, film in oh, Uluru. Yeah. Please there's, do. There's great stories to tell in Australia. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see. Yeah. You're sick. It's no, sick. yeah. I, th- I think that's still pretty good now for Chris Nolan. Yeah. We love Chris Nolan. That's all we got to say. And guys, thank you for listening to the Cinema One podcast. You can check this out on the Cinema One channel. Uh, this will be uploaded as a video as well. Guys, thank you for listening. And uh, thank you, Christian and Jack, for joining uh, me a no second worries, time man. for this one. We will be back again Surely. for probably another podcast. Guys, thank you. Catch ya. Thank Bye. you.